All right, hey, welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Huntsville podcast, hosted by me, Sampley Baranaga. Today, I'm solo again. I'm doing a part two of uh, my favorite movies of 2021. Uh, real quick uh, uh, update on me um, and this podcast. Uh, next week, I'm going to be dropping a, a new episode that I just did with Noah Winter. Uh, I've had him on the uh, show a couple times, and we discuss... Um, we, we talked a lot about Christopher Nolan, uh, the art of movie making, and um, his uh, some some of his experience on a TV set he's working on right now over in Atlanta, superhero show. So uh, tune in next week, or I guess click or download or whatever <laughs> next week, because uh, I, I, whenever I drop one with Noah, I always hear that people are like, man, like he... He just Noah is uh, he he's an intellect. He probably wouldn't admit that, but uh, I could just listen to him talk about movies and and TV and a whole lot of stuff just for hours. So I'm always blessed to have him on the show. Um, another update, uh, filmmaking update. I've been working on this short film called "Be Careful" for a couple months now. It's a uh, it's really an homage to uh, Alfred Hitchcock, specifically the film Psycho. I had the idea for the movie. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I actually shot like this proof of concept um, with Aaron and uh, another buddy of mine, and um, it's not great. So I was like, I really want to do this again and shoot the entire thing, and uh, I did that. Uh, I shot it on uh, just my uh, the DSLR that I have. I shot it with my equipment. Uh, I hired actors I had never worked with before, which was a really cool. One of them being Anthony Sells, who I just had on the show a couple weeks ago. And Aaron helped me light, and uh, she uh, she ran sound, which was awesome. She really helped me with a whole bunch of stuff. I'm so, I'm so thankful for her. But uh, I and I've been editing it, and uh, I have sent out kind of um, maybe a possible final copy to some uh, close friends today who I, I really value their opinion, and I've gotten some notes and some good feedback on it. So I may release that in a couple weeks. Uh, I may play around with it a little more. So be on the lookout for that. And then yesterday. Uh, I got together with Alex Haynes, Kelly McNabb, and Sabrina Stedman, and um, both Alex's, uh, 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 Mr. Haynes' wife, Jules, and his daughter, uh, Caitlin, uh, helped uh, behind the camera. They helped me out. Uh, Jules was scripty, and Caitlin ran a second camera. Uh, we shot this short film I wrote called Open House. Um, it's a little comedy short about this realtor trying to sell her first house and a client that... Um, uh, has a lot in his mind. Let's just say that, or not a client that, uh, but a possible, um, a possible buyer has a lot in his mind, and they kind of uh, clash. Uh, so I, I was organizing all that footage today. So hopefully I can. Uh, that that one was really just kind of for fun. Um, so uh, I should have that up within a month or two if I get some time to sit down and edit it. But anyways, let's get back into. Uh, oh yeah, and you can view all that stuff. I usually post on YouTube. I just started up a Vimeo account, um, so I don't know, so I can look professional, I guess. But anyways, let's get back to my favorite movies of 2021, which again is kind of clickbait because I'm just going through my movie journal and talking about specific ones I really want to get through. Um, I have an entire journal right here that doesn't even finish. <laughs> oh no, 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 it does finish. Oh, okay, I see, I see. I just continued on with this year. Oh, wow. Huh. That was the last movie I watched this year? Interesting. So I'm going to go through these pretty fast because last podcast... I didn't want to do a part two, but um, here I am. 
So uh, let's just get into it. Uh, so I watched the last blockbuster, which was directed by Taylor Morden. I watched that back in March last year, and uh, it was this really interesting uh, documentary about the very last blockbuster, which I believe was in Oregon. I don't. It may still be there, but it's run. It's run by this uh, this this uh, this woman who celebrates, you know, uh, stores where you can go rent movies. I could think of a, I wanted to say it in a beautiful way, but I couldn't get it out because uh, it's just blockbuster. But um, I thought it it was like an hour and 20 minutes. I thought the documentary itself could have been maybe 10, 15 minutes. Like they had so much input from people who I just did not care. Like they all were essentially saying the same thing just over and over and over again. I'm like, why are they padding this documentary about Blockbuster so much? But um, I would say watch it anyways because uh, if you're in business school right now or, or or even getting a minor in business, you should watch this movie because it should be called The Last Blockbuster, a.k.a. How to Ruin a Business because the, the guys at Blockbuster shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. Um, eh, it was all right though. Uh, I probably won't watch it again. Next up, I watched The Isle of Dogs, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. It came out in 2018. The first time I watched this movie, uh, we were headed to the beach, the Gulf Shores, and uh, we watched it. Like I think we we either rented a car or my mom had just gotten this new minivan, and we watched the movie like on the little small screens, which was I, I'm sure Wes Anderson would have a fit if he if he found that out. Um, I think he's a very traditional film type guy, you know, watching on a big screen. So this was like the second time I watched it, and I I think it's great. Brian Cranston voices the the main dog, um, and it has a great great story, you know, themes, the animation. I love I love stop motion animation. I don't want to say too much about it. So if you haven't seen, it, you should check it out. It's by the same director. If you're not familiar with Wes Anderson, who did uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, um. If I could turn the page, which I believe I also watched that year or last year. Maybe not. I guess we'll find that in a bit. Uh, next up, uh, oh, yeah, I watched this for a film class, The 39 Steps, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. It came out in 1935. Um, I, uh, I don't really remember liking this one a lot. I think we watched it in my film class because I hadn't seen it. It's like one of the few ones I hadn't seen by Hitchcock. I wasn't really... Um, pleased with it. I just remember like the main actor in that just kind of... I don't know. I just didn't dig him. Um, and it was kind of predictable. Uh, next up. Oh, yeah. Aaron and I watched uh, Steven, Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky with Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, and Shannon Tatum. That's like a funny, just odd movie. And I remember Daniel Craig in that just being hilarious. And Adam Dry, Driver is just so dry. And um, I just remember being a really funny movie. And I remember the ending kind of um, in a way it was like, oh, man, like. I don't. I don't want to ruin anything, but let's just say that they're uh, they're trying to pull this heist. I believe. I believe it's NASCAR that they're stealing from. But uh, it's really. Oh, I put con, for cons Seth MacFarlane. I remember that they they had him as like this guy with like a really terrible accent and like this big mustache. I think. And I remember it just being like, oh, that was a weird choice. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like that. Uh, next up, oh yeah, Aaron and I watched Bombshell, directed by Jay Roach. Uh, we both did not like this movie. Um, 
it felt like it was trying to be an Adam McKay movie, uh, but it just wasn't any good. I don't want to talk too much about that one just because, like, I really don't remember a lot of it. I just remember Aaron and I were like, eh, that was, I uh, wish we had watched something else. Uh, next uh, movie we watched, most of these, most of the time I'm watching a movie with Aaron, so I, I say we, that's who I'm referring to, my wife. Uh, next up, we watched The Truman Show, which every time I watch this movie, like it gets better. And it's, it's I think it's a masterpiece. Um, maybe one of my favorite endings of all time. Probably my favorite Jim Carrey performance. Man, it's just, I mean, if you haven't seen Truman Show by now, like you got to see it. Peter Weir is um, an underrated director because I think he also did um, Dead Poet Society. He did Witness with Harrison Ford. And he did another one that's pretty big, I'm pretty sure. Underrated director, but Truman Show, I think, is probably his best. Um, next up, uh, for uh, we watched this for uh, Film Class Family Plot. It was Alfred Hitchcock's last movie. It came out in 1976. And, um, yeah, it's, a, it's you know, people often say that Hitchcock kind of was, you know, off his, you know, uh, you you kind of downgraded throughout his time because he was really old when he made this, and even though Family Plot is by no means a masterpiece, I th- I think it's just a really fun movie to watch. Like, it's a lot better than a lot of other people's movies. Uh, so I think I think Hitchcock is obviously held to a higher higher standard. I mean, Psycho, Vertigo, Over Your Window, Birds, Strangers on a Train, which Aaron and I just watched. She had never seen it. It's great, but uh, yeah. Uh, check out Family Plot um, if you just want a kind of fun, easy-to-watch uh, mystery film. Uh, next up, uh, we watched Atonement, directed by Joe Wright, which came out in 07. Um, this, uh, the, uh, I'm glad Aaron and I watched this together because we always uh, there's a quote in there that we're like, I think we had to pause the movie because we were laughing so hard, but it's, it wasn't a line that was intended to be funny. Um, it was, they're all sitting down for dinner together and like the older brother arrives and he's like, and like, he's looking at his younger brother and he's like, Oh, what, what, how many sins did you commit today, brother? And they're like, Oh, oh, oh you're so funny. And I, Aaron and I were just like, that's, I don't know. I don't like that guy. <laughs> but also, um, the movie looks from a camera perspective, amazing. This shot brilliantly. I remember the score was really great with the uh, the typewriter uh, being integrated into the score. The movie itself, I can see why a lot of people like it. I can understand why it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. But if you think about this movie for a couple seconds, you're like, oh, that isn't really making sense. Oh, that isn't really making sense. And the main char- character is like... <sighs> I. <sighs> I don't want to spoil too much if you haven't seen it because I don't like spoiling movies. Uh, spoiler alert, because I'm about to go off on this one. You know, or maybe I should. No, no, no. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for Aaron to do this one because she, she. I'm, I'm sure she would want to be a part of this. So maybe Aaron and I next podcast we do together we can sit down and discuss atonement. So uh, we'll have that coming out. I'll mention that to her. She'd be down for that. Uh, the next movie I watched was Cherry. Uh, it was the first Russo's Brothers film that wasn't a Marvel enterprise. Uh, Tom Holland was the star. I put a mess. Um, I, uh, I could see the potential, but I, I thought it was overlong. Um, they try to do too much and say too much. Um, 
it was like bragging about its subtext in a way where you're like, it's not subtext if you're bragging about it. Like, uh, the movie came off as if like, hey, look what we're talking about. Like, we're geniuses when like they actually weren't focused on what the movie should have actually been about. But um, it wasn't a terrible movie. I was just kind of it had it had potential. I'll just say that, and I think it missed the mark. Um, next up. I watched The Producers, um, 1967 Mel Brooks. Man, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I know this is like a comedy classic. I did not like most of this movie. Um, just, I'm not a big fan of just screaming. And I feel like a lot of this movie was just screaming the entire time. I, I don't know. I, maybe I need to rewatch it because I'm sure a lot of people are like, "What the producers is hilarious." Um, but I don't. I don't know. I just it just didn't work for me. Maybe I wasn't in a comedy mood when I watched it. I I, I put it on and I was because I'd never seen it before. A lot of it, um, I think has the potential to be funny, but for me, I you know I'm not like a. I don't know. I feel I feel <laughs> I feel scared whenever I talk about like classic films that people genuinely love, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I I didn't really care for it. But I guess everyone has, you know, their own movies. Those those certain classics that you just don't dig as much as other people. Um, so I'm gonna skip talking about that. Next up, oh yeah, Aaron and I watched You've Got Mail, directed by Nora Ephron. It came out in 1998 when Aaron and I were both born. Um, <laughs> that's one that Aaron and I should talk about too, because there's a couple scenes in that that we were just like, we and we know it's a rom a rom com, but there are a couple of scenes where we're just like, oh, that was an. In- like interesting way to film that. <laughs> uh, like there's one point where Tom Hanks, instead of like holding down on the backspace button, he just keeps pressing it and 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 pressing it. And I, it was just like, it made it, it infuriated me. Cause I was just like, just hold it down. But, uh, and then there were some other, Oh yeah. I had no idea Dave Chappelle was going to be in that movie. Uh, he plays, um, uh, Tom Hanks is like wingman slash buddy in that movie. Uh, it was weird to see him kind of like a, I don't know, like non-satirical, non-parody type, like non-skit thing. I don't know. It was interesting. Um, uh, next up, we watched Blue Valentine, which is a movie that you should not watch on Valentine's Day. I'll just say that. Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams give amazing performances. It's one that like a lot of people really don't talk about. And I'm not really sure why. Um, especially Ryan Gosling's performance. I know he was nominated for a Golden Globe, but he missed out on an Oscar nom. Michelle Williams got an Oscar nom, but I honestly think this is like one of Ryan Gosling's like top three best performances. Like, ah, both of them are just so great. I one like, uh, yeah, they just they feel like a real life couple. Uh, next up, I watched Akira Kurosawa's uh, Dreams, uh, which was uh, like I watched it late at night, so like in it. Like my memory of it, like feels like a dream. I just remember being it being like shot beautifully. Um, it might have been was it shot on Technicolor? I just remember the colors just really popping, and uh, I couldn't remember really. I off the top of my head, I'll have to watch again. I can't really remember certain um, like the segments because it's split up kind of like in short films. But I just remember really being there. There, there was like a village of water mills, and I just remember being like, "Oh, that's gorgeous! What a gorgeous shot!" Oh yeah, Martin Scorsese plays Vin, uh, plays Vincent Van Gogh in like one of them, and I thought that was really funny. 
Uh, next up, I watched um, Drive. Uh, another Ryan Gosling uh, vehicle. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> um, another Ryan Gosling film. Uh, I think it's a masterpiece. Um, from a directing standpoint, from an acting standpoint, writing standpoint, um, it's it's a phenomenal film that um, does have a couple scenes that definitely could have been toned down or taken out. But I think that ending is one of my favorite, and what a great soundtrack. Um, next up, I watched Hacksaw Ridge with Andrew Garfield, and I just remember watching this movie and being like, man, this... Uh, I think Andrew Garfield's great. But um, what is... Ah, oh, his name leaves me, but he plays his dad in the movie. And I just thought... And he's a really good actor, and I just was like, he... I don't know. I don't. Well, I try not to get too much into about that the negatives of stuff, but um, yeah, it was a, it was an all right film. Um, I thought the themes were really cool. Uh, I th- I think it's cool. I, you know, I'm a sucker for true stories that are inspirational, like you know most people are. So uh, I probably won't watch it again, but I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, next up, oh yeah, Aaron and I went on a Godfather. Um, binge because uh, she had never seen them before. And I, I think I'd only seen them once, so this was my second time watching them. And they are just, they are, mwah, they are just perfect films. Like, if you've never seen The Godfather and Godfather Part Two, like, what are you doing? You, you gotta watch. And it's so hard to pick one, pick which one I like more. I think I lean more towards The Godfather, but Godfather Part Two is also just exemplary. I mean, just on a filmmaking standpoint, on an acting standpoint, writing standpoint, like they're three, like all those movies are, both those movies are so long, but they're, they're just so interesting. It feels like you're reading a great book the entire time. Uh, just, I mean, that that's not a controversial opinion to say that those are just classic films. And I actually got to see Godfather. The very first time I saw it, I got to see it in theaters. They showed it over at uh, the AMC nearby. I was just blown away. That's so cool that I got to see that for the first time on the big screen. Uh, next up, Aaron and I went and saw Nobody, which was the uh, Bob Odenkirk action film that like kind of caught a whole bunch of people off guard. I'm a huge Bob Odenkirk fan. His sketch comedy, his writing, obviously Better Call Saul. Um, and he he was awesome in this movie. I had the things he got to do. Uh, I believe it was either directed by the guy who directs a lot of the John Wick's movie or has written the John Wick movies. So it's not like one of those movies you're going in for like this, you know, this amazing story. It's very cliche and it acknowledges that at times, but it has great action and uh, it's definitely a dad movie. That's how I would categorize it. It's definitely in the dad genre. Uh, next up, I watched uh, Iron The Iron Giant for the first time, uh, directed by Brad Bird, who also directed The Incredibles. I had never seen this before. I never, I never saw it growing up as a kid, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, the animation, ah, oh, man, I miss, I miss two D animation so, so much. And this, of course, mixes in some three D animation too. But two D animation. I know, I know, I know. Obviously, like uh, Japanese animated films, or uh, I guess anime are two D animation. Those are gorgeous. But I really want America, specifically Disney. To uh, I know, I know, it's so much more expensive to do two D animation, but they have the money. I know they have the money. But Iron Giant, yeah, solid, really solid animated film. You can definitely see. Uh, I really, really think Brad Bird is an underrated director. I, I, 
I, I hope he's got more projects coming up. Next up, I watched Bullworth, directed by Warren Beatty, which was uh, one of the most cringiest movies I've ever seen. I definitely understand what it was trying to do as a movie and that they were being uh, self-deprecating slash cringy on purpose, but I just it didn't I it didn't play for me. Uh, Warren Beatty rapping. Um, it, it's funny a couple times in, but th- then you get you're just like, ah, okay, this is it feels like a gimmick. Um, next up I watched, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I showed that to my brothers. They had never seen it before. My, uh, my younger brothers and, um, man, what a great film. It was also great to like be laughing with them. It's always great when you can watch a comedy with other people or just any movie with other people, but especially a comedy you like, and you're showing it to someone, they're laughing at all the parts that you laugh at. Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron has never seen this, so I'd love to sit down and watch Napoleon Dynamite with her. I think she'd, I think she'd really like it. Uh, I mean, just a classic film with so many classic quotes and moments. Um, next up, I watched Michael Haneke's, or, or Haneke's original Funny Games, because he actually ended up making an American version uh, uh, later. I think this is, is he Russian or Swedish? I know that's bad. I should I should remember this. But this might be the most terrifying movie I've ever seen. I'm definitely not going to watch it again. It was disturbing in, in a great way, but I'm... Uh, it was just wow. It was a tough movie to watch. Don't watch it if you do not like horror or thriller or creepy films. <laughs> uh, next up, I watched The Proposition, which was like a, um, a western starring Guy Pearce, who I think is extremely underrated. Uh, one of his one of my favorite performances is him as uh, Leonard Shelby and Christopher Nolan's Memento. It was a solid like art house western. I really enjoyed it. I don't remember a whole bunch from it. I just remember that. I think he was trying to save his younger brother in the movie and he had an issue with one of his friends or the sheriff but uh, i'd have to watch that uh, again to really give you a full in-depth review um next out uh i watched knives out for the second time ryan johnson's uh mystery uh whodunit and uh man what a great creative film i remember uh aaron and i went and saw this with my parents uh, i think it came out like close to thanksgiving we went and saw it in theaters and um, I watched the trailer, and I, for some reason, the way the trailer is cut just makes it look uh, not. It kind of just makes it look like a like a stereotypical like Netflix movie, where they're just like, oh, if we just hire a bunch of like famous people, people will watch it, and it will get streamed a bunch of times. So I wasn't too excited to see it, but I remember the reviews being really superb. So I was like, oh, okay, we should watch it if the reviews are really good and. I like most of these actors, and uh, yeah, it blew me away. Like Ryan Johnson, I know a lot of people give him um, uh, crud for the uh, the second Star Wars. I couldn't tell you what, uh, not er, the Last Jedi. I think I haven't seen it, so I'm not really sure about that. But I can tell you, he made one heck of a. It's like an Alfred Hitchcock film, essentially, and I'm sure. I'm sure he's he watched a whole bunch to prepare for directing that movie, but I don't want to say too much because if you haven't seen Knives Out, you gotta go see it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Um, next up, I watched uh, Rango by Gorver. I don't know. That's just funny to me that I watched Knives Out, and then I watched Rango the next day by Gorver uh, Vorbinski, who directed I think all three of the Pirates of the Caribbean's. The original ones in Johnny Depp voices Rango. Uh, this actually won Best Animated um, uh, Film at the Oscars. So, Verbinski's got himself an Oscar. 
dude, uh, but this is a great animated film. I think I watched it just because uh, my brother Cade kept on talking about it and how good it was that I just had never seen it all the way through. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Next up, uh, I guess that was the day I went and saw 12 Mighty Orphans at the premiere. I, I, I did put it in my journal, and yes, I did give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> That I said, 12 Mighty Orphans is the best football film since Rudy and Luke Wilson gives his best performance of all time. Uh, man, I must, I, I still agree with that. I, I do, I know that's like supremely egotistical that I would give my own film a 10 out of 10, but come on, it was my first kind of big movie where I actually had a part in. I was really excited to go see it. And I do stand by that. I think Luke Wilson does give his best performance of all time. That is just a solid, and I think in a couple, like five, ten, maybe even fifteen years, that movie will one day like be appreciated as it should be. Um, and again, I'm in the movie, so don't take everything I, I just said like <laughs> uh, verbatim or like I don't know. I, I'm proud of that movie. I'll just say I'm gonna move on now. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Next up, we watched the Royal Tenenbaums. I showed that to Aaron. It's a uh, Arrested Development as a feature film. I wonder, because this movie came out in 2001, so I want, I mean, it is eerily similar to Arrested Development, uh, but it's a great comedy. Gene Hackman's, I want to say, like, his last role uh, since his retirement. Um, he's hilarious in it. The whole cast is hilarious. Um, and um, the Wilson brothers are in it. They're great. Uh, ben Stiller is in it. He's got that, that great, he's got the two young twins. Uh, they have some great moments. Uh, yeah, it's a solid, it's a really, it's one, actually probably one of my favorite, uh, Anderson films. Uh, next up, uh, I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, that's just like, I think, that's definitely my favorite John Hughes movie. Uh, the movie's just so, it's pure fun, pure fun. How can you not like Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, next up I watched Tarzan, which in my opinion I think is the greatest, the greatest Disney movie of all time. yes. Um, that is the movie that I grew up watching, but as an adult, I've seen it several times again. And I remember the first time a couple years ago, I watched it and I was kind of worried because I hadn't seen it all the way through in such a long time that it wasn't going to age as well as it had in my kid brain. But I, I honestly do think it is like the most underrated animated film of all time. I think it is, um, fantastically animated. The soundtrack by Phil Collins is, <laughs> I mean, rocks. Uh, the story is thrilling. The pacing's great. Um, there are just certain shots in the movie that are just animated so perfectly. Uh, I actually have a poster. I'm like, it's one of my favorite shots ever is when uh, Tarzan is battling Sabor. And uh, it's funny. The great musical segments. Uh, I, I stand by that. A lot of people obviously go to The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, or, um, you know, all the other classic Disney films. But that, I I think, if, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Tarzan in a while and you're doubting what I'm saying, you should, you should, you should heavily consider re-watching it. Uh, next up, I watched Metallica, Some Kind of Monster, which was a, uh, this large documentary on the band Metallica. Uh, I'm a big fan. I've gotten, I've gotten to see Metallica live. They put on one heck of a show. Me and my dad got to go see him at the Braves New Stadium in Atlanta, uh, like three, four years ago. Um, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of the documentary. 
Uh, it was kind of weird to watch as someone who appreciates most of their music most. You know, I feel like they're obviously a controversial band for a certain album they put out um, that they just, I can't remember whose idea. I think it was Lars' idea for there to be no solos, no guitar solos, or, and then like this thing he did with the drum that a lot of people say that it doesn't really work. Um, it's, if you're really fascinated with the band, uh, you've probably already seen the documentary because it is like 20 years old. But if you haven't, you should go check it out. I think I watched it out on Netflix. Next up, Aaron and I watched uh, season one, the only season of Firefly, uh, which I think is a perfect series. Next up, we watched Serenity, the film, which was kind of a sequel to Firefly. And I had never seen it, actually. I've seen Firefly, the show, maybe three times now, maybe even four. But this was the first time I've seen Serenity. And uh, I was really disappointed um, with the movie. I'm kinda, I kind of wish I had never seen it. Uh, next up, I watched The Crow, which is most famous for, uh, Bruce Lee's son. I forget his, uh, first name. It will come to me when I'm done with the podcast for, uh, accidentally being shot with a blank and he was, uh, killed. Uh, the movie itself is not great, but has moments of grandeur, like with certain shots. It, it, it was a good idea and I know it's based off a graphic novel. Oh, I just hit the mic. That's I'm gonna definitely have to remember to fix that <laughs> if it was too loud. But uh, that's what that movie is most remembered for. I'm like, I feel like a lot of people have heard of the movie just because of that, but probably haven't seen it. But it's a, it's a, it was a good kind of cheesy action film to have on in the background. Um, next up, I watched Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, a remake of the uh, Swedish film with uh, Skarsgård, I believe, who plays the detective in that. Um, I think Insomnia is his most underrated film, and I I love Al Pacino in that. I love Robin Williams in that. Hilary Swank is great in it too. Really, a solid. That was that was like his first studio film because he did Following, which he uh, self financed. He did Memento, which I believed was later bought by New Market Films, which has now been acquired by someone else. So this was like. I believe Warner Brothers uh, allowing him to shoot this and giving him quite a bit of money to go shoot this. And I think it turned out amazing. Uh, next up, we watch Memento, which I was just talking about earlier with Guy Pierce and uh, Carrie Ann Moss and uh, I f- the guy who plays Teddy. He He's so great in that. The guy with the mustache and the glasses, a.k.a. the guy who turned down commission and Commissioner Gordon in the Batman trilogy because he said he was tired of playing side characters. Man, he missed out. That, Although Gary Oldman, it, I mean, is just flawless for that part, man. I bet that's when he looks at it and is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have turned that one down. <laughs> but uh, Memento, uh, it's funny. I, uh, I've been reading this book called The Nolan Variations, and just reading through how like he designed this film and wrote this film with his brother uh, jo- Jonathan, or who he refers to Jonah in the, in the, in the book, um, it's just fascinating how Nolan's mind works. Uh, he's one of my favorite directors, if not my favorite. Um, but you should check that book out if you really, really like uh, Nolan's movies, and you really, or or also if you just want to like understand his brain and his filmmaking process, which actually Noah and I talk a lot about in uh, the episode that's dropping next week. 
Uh, next up, I watched Eighth Grade. This was my second time watching it. It's directed by Bo Burnham. It came out in 2018 or 2019, I believe. I think it's um, a perfect film. It perfectly encapsulates uh, what it feels like to be in middle school. I feel like all these like teenage movies are always made about high school. But uh, and I feel like middle school is always kind of left out in the rain. And this movie like perfectly captures what it's like to be a middle schooler. And it has one of the sweetest moments with of uh, the daughter and the dad in the in the final uh, couple scenes of the movie. And I think it's one that a lot and that it needs a lot more attention. Bo Burnham, I really hope he does another uh, narrative feature. Next up, I watched Take Sh- uh, Take Shelter. Uh, which is, man, maybe Michael Shannon's like greatest work. Um, he is just really, really solid in that film, especially his freakout scene. But that is a movie that uh, Buddy and I have debated over the ending. If you haven't seen, it, I don't want to spoil it. But um, Jeff Nichols directs that. Who he did Mud, um, which uh, my buddy Jacob got to work with. That was his first big movie. But uh, <laughs> uh, take shelter. Definitely check it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's 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 an amazing film that plays with your mind the entire time. And whoa, it's it's got an amazing ending. I even hate saying a movie has an amazing ending because I feel like that's a spoiler within itself. But next up, I watched Dog Day Afternoon, which is uh, one of Al Pacino's greatest performances. Like he is just dripping in sweat the entire time. He is like hilarious. Yet, uh, you, 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 sometimes you're just like, what are you doing? And sometimes you're like, oh man, like I really want him to make it out of this. Uh, it's based on a true story. It was directed by Sidney Lumet or Lumet, however you say his name. I've heard his last name said so many different ways. Uh, which also has a, he, he wrote an amazing book called Sidney Lumet. That's how I'm going to say it. Sidney Lumet making movies that I recommend to like any aspiring filmmaker I meet just cause like he goes in depth I mean, he really just chapter by chapter uh, covers almost every, pretty much every single area of filmmaking. So definitely check out Dog Day Afternoon if you haven't seen it. What a great bank heist film where everything just goes wrong. Uh, next up, I watched The Fisher King, which was um, Je- no Robin Williams. And what's his face? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. I was going to say Jeff Nichols. I was like, no, that's the director. Uh, I believe Terry Gillum directed this. Yeah, yeah, uh, from Monty Python, and uh, it was a really solid film. It was, it was quite funny. I don't really remember how it ends. I just remember uh the characters. The characters definitely stood out big time in that film. Uh, next next up, I watched Awakenings. Aaron and I watched this. We uh Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Um, man, that is that's a tough film to watch. It's almost uh similar to. It's very akin to uh, the Flowers of Algernon, almost. Uh, Robert De Niro plays this um, uh, this this disabled person who's kind of stuck in the mind of a like an eight year old, I think, maybe even younger. And um, Robin Williams plays this doctor. Very, you know, he was Robin Williams. Man, what an actor! Because he could do these absurd characters, and then he could go and play this super subtle dramatic role and his he really bared his soul in a lot of a lot of these films and especially in awakenings it's a tough one to watch it'll definitely make you misty-eyed but uh definitely check it out if you're in the mood for something a little bit more dramatic and, and with great acting too uh aaron and i watched the blind side 
uh, which I, in my opinion, has aged horribly. Again, I'm a sucker for uh, inspirational sport films, especially football movies. I just feel, we both were kind of like, why is Sandra Bullock playing a mom? And she has sexualized almost every other scene, and it was just so weird, especially for a movie that's a, a family film. You know, a joke or two is you know fine. Not not even really, because all of them were just weird and awkward, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we were just kind of like, oh, that's weird. Uh, and I, uh, watching it again, I was just like, I really think it should have been told from the point of view of Michael Orr um, instead of uh, Leanne Tadiers. I forget her last name, but Sandra Bullock's character. Um, and should have been switched around. I would have loved to see more from his point of view instead of the other way around. Um, let's see. Next up, I watched... Oh, we watched The Elephant Man, which, oh, man, Aaron doesn't cry ever uh, when we're watching movies, but this one got her, like, twice. And it was kind of like amazing to see. Uh, I mean, it is David Lynch. It's a David Lynch movie shot in black and white. Uh, starring John Hurt and Anthony Hopkins, who are both brilliant. Um, it is it is a tough movie to, to swallow. It's based on a true story. And this man it, it had this horrific, horrific face, uh, this disease that affected his face and his body, his back. And... Um, it's inspirational yet it's it's that one's tough to watch that's one that's a hard movie to recommend uh but it is excellent because it was shot on obviously film but uh it it, it was i want to say it was made in like the 70s or 80s but it was it it looks as if it could come it it came out in like in the 30s 40s 50s early 50s um so the way it's shot is brilliant uh, next up, we watched another David Lynch movie, The Straight Story. I think maybe my favorite David Lynch movie. Um, oh man, the soundtrack is just so brutal. The cinematography is amazing. Sissy Spacek, um, super underrated in that film. The main guy's name, who I forget, it's the only movie I've ever seen him in. It's just, oh, he's so good. He was nominated for Best Actor that year. I don't know who beat him out, but I... I that and Harry Dean Stanton uh, kind of... Is a I wouldn't say cameo because he plays an important role, but you don't see him till a certain point. Uh, everyone should see Straight Story, especially if they have a brother in their life or a sibling. It's a movie about making amends, and um, this this old man in his seventies goes on this journey to see his brother that lives three hundred something miles away, and he doesn't have a license. He doesn't have much money, so he rigs his lawnmower to take him there. It's such a beautiful film. Uh, man, I was on a David Lynch binge because then I watched Eraserhead, which is like, <laughs> if you were to watch all three of those movies without knowing uh, who the director was, and then I told you the same director directed all three of those movies you just watched, you would not believe it. I guarantee it. Um, next up, I watched Come and See, uh, which for, for some reason, that movie, I mean, the movie came out in 1985. I'd never heard about it before, never read anything about it online. And all of a sudden, that kind of, that movie kind of blew up this past year. There's people talking, posting about it all the time, and it's uh, World War II, um, told from the perspective of this uh, young man, this teenage boy, 
in uh, Russia who uh, decides he's going to go fight. Or I, I, he probably doesn't really decide. I think he has to. It is a movie that is... Man, I watched a lot of difficult films to get through last year. I mean, it is just a tough movie to finish. It is mm, it is brutal. Um, definitely don't watch it if, uh, if, if you don't enjoy being sick to your stomach. The little tagline I wrote for it was haunting. Truly depicts what evil is capable of. Especially in that last scene. Man. Uh, next up, I watched uh, Tarkovsky's Mirror, uh, which I just said rewatch down the road. Uh, then I watched Megan Levy or Levy with uh, Aaron. Uh, it was a really cool story about this. Um, this kind of woman who was down on her luck, didn't really have much going on in her life, and she decides to join the army specifically to train dogs who sniff out bombs. And it's the story of her and this dog. And uh, it was. I had bought it because the movie on DVD because I was going to go work with the director, Gabrielle Calperthwaite, uh, um, on our friend. So I I really didn't get a chance to watch it till because um, Anna and I wanted to watch it together. And I kind of forgot about it sitting on my shelf when we finally put it in. And uh, I, th- I believe I want to say it was G- Gabriella's first uh, narrative feature, and she knocked it out of the park. It was a great film. And Rooney Mara, or is it her sister Kate? Kate Mara was uh, was uh, she did a great job. Um. Next up, I watched Spider Man, uh, the original with uh, Tobey Maguire. I just put classic. I mean, it is. It's just a fun movie. And then we watched uh, Spider Man Two, which uh, is a phenomenal superhero movie. Just so many great action sequences, such a solid script. I do have some issues with it. I think the MJ and uh, Peter Parker relationship in that movie is just like terrible. It's so toxic, but uh, it's a great, great superhero movie. One of the best. Oh yeah, Aaron and I were going on a Spider Man thon because I think uh, the trailer. Whenever we started watching these, the trailer had dropped for. Um, uh, whatever the new one is, No Way Home. So we watched Homecoming, which I actually really liked Spider-Man Homecoming the first time I saw it in theaters. And so last year was the first time I'd rewatched it for the second time. And I just, I was okay. It's a fine movie, but I just really didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first time. All right, I need a sip of water. My word, I've been talking for 42 minutes straight and I'm, I'm, I'm actually almost done. I think I'm going to start speeding it up. Also, I'm I'm using my a new mic today. I have an Audio Technica. Um, I have no idea what number follows that, but uh, so if the audio sounds a lot more crisper and nice, that's because I'm using a little bit better mic. But um, anyways, next up, I watched the Count of Monte Cristo, which Noah and I, the last episode we did together, I believe we talked a lot about it. So you go, you should go check that out. It's a must watch. Uh, next up, I watched Logan, which is uh, man, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. We, I think, I think I took him for granted. I think we all did. What a, a really solid uh, James Mangold film. Next up, I watched The Last of the Mohicans, which I kind of was disappointed with. I really like Michael Mann as a director, but uh, I feel like this one, I don't. There's something I, I, I feel like there's there has to be a longer cut out there, um, just because the movie. I feel like in the last twenty minutes, just really kind of skipped over some stuff. Next up, I watched uh, Wind River, which I thought was amazing. Uh, Lane Garrison and I, actually, the last time we spoke on the phone, we were talking about it because his buddy Taylor Sheridan wrote and directed it. 
and uh, he knocked it out of the ballpark. I'd love to have him on the show someday, both him and uh, Lane. Uh, next up, uh, Aaron and I watched all of Downton Abbey, which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, and then we watched the movie Downton Abbey movie, and then we're really excited for the second Downton Abbey movie coming out, I think, May. Uh, we watched the trailer the other day, and we were like, <laughs> we were like, that looks like the most boring movie ever if you didn't know what Downton Abbey was or hadn't seen anything prior, because like it's gonna be a pretty enjoyable movie, I'm sure. But like, it's hard to make a movie out of just people talking and, you know, just I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I remember just like jumping in bed at night and be like, all right, let's let's try to watch as many episodes as we can before we have to go to sleep. I was addicted. Uh, next up, I showed Aaron Anchorman. I think we both enjoyed that. Just when, It's one of the funniest movies of all time. <laughs> um, Will Ferrell is great. Steve Carell is excellent in that. Paul Rudd's great, too. They all are. They all are. Um, next up, um, I watched... Man, I'm having a hard time moving these. Oh, next up, I watched No Time to Die. I feel like I talked a little bit about that. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm I'm spoiling this movie for the sake of this joke. So if you haven't seen No Time to Die, the last James Bond film with Daniel Craig, do not listen to this. Skip 15 seconds. I accidentally spoiled this movie for someone at a shoot I was at where this guy and I were talking about it. And um, this girl was saying, I totally misread it. I thought she said she really liked it. I think she said, I, I really can't wait to see it. And I was so caught up about me and this guy talking about it. He really liked it. I did not like it. And I, I mentioned the fact that James he, James Bond dies in that movie. Uh, and I like she was like, oh, thanks. And I, I felt really bad. She obviously like wasn't hurt, hurt. I could tell. I, I kind of ticked her off. But uh, life moves on. Also, the movie had been out two months. I mean, go see it at that point. Is it really my fault? No, uh, next up I watched Nathan For You. I watched all, I want to say three seasons. Nathan For You, I think, is like top ten shows for me of all time. Nathan Fielder, wow, what a what a t- odd talent. I'd love to shake his hand one day, and I think he would be very awkward and weird, and I think that's what makes the show so great. You should check that out. I think I watched it on Hulu. I think it might be on Amazon Prime or HBO Max or something like that. It is a show where this guy... He is so true to his character of this awkward, scrawny young man who's always wearing a shoe, and he goes and helps businesses, but he intentionally comes up with this terrible idea. And so the whole purpose of the show is like, oh, what what will people be willing to agree to just because there are cameras in the vicinity? Oh, it's such a hilarious show. I'm going to have to rewatch that one. Uh, next up, I watched Greystoke, uh, Tarzan, and that was definitely a shorter title I wrote because it has, uh, uh, I mean, the, the title makes you drowsy reading the entire thing. Uh, I was really disappointed in that. I feel like the first hour is really solid of this, like, world building, like, character building, and then the rest of it is just blah. Um, and I think Robert Town wrote the first script, and uh, they did rewrites to it. So I'm sure that first draft by Robert Town was brilliant, and they just completely butchered the rest of it. Um, next up, I watched one, uh, one of my favorite cult films ever, Lars and the Real Girl, uh, which was directed by Craig uh, Gillespie. Or Gillespie? I don't, I don't know how you say his last name. Or Gillips? I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> Anyways, the movie is phenomenal. Ryan Gosling is hilarious. He plays this like really quiet, mustachioed, awkward, large man who lives in his brother's garage. Uh, and um, <laughs> he orders a doll, and it comes to him, and he develops a relationship with it, and the whole town kind of grows concerned for him. It's a really unique film that was nominated for Best Screenplay. I don't believe it won, but uh, Ryan Gosling, that may, oh, that, that may be in his top five, top three performances, too. He's so great in that. Next up, I watched uh, Inside Lewin Davis, which is directed by the Coen Brothers. It is one of the best soundtracks of all time, and Oscar Isaac is a truly talented man who I hope to work with one day. Uh, oh, my goodness. Aaron and I watched Zoolander, and that like may be one of her favorite comedies of all time. I think we watched it like two or three times in a row because uh, she just thought it was just the funniest thing. And honestly, one of the greatest things about that movie is obviously Ben Stiller, but like his performance is really great. Like he is hilarious. Like whenever you're watching it, I don't think of Ben Stiller. I think of Derek Zoolander. And I think that is the ultimate compliment for an actor. Uh, next up, we watch Lion King, which is Aaron's favorite Disney movie, that or Pocahontas. I think she switches up between the two. Um, I really love The Lion King. I think the last like 10 minutes or 15 minutes was like super rushed. I wish I wish it was a longer movie. But obviously it was a kids film, so it's not like they can, you know, make a 2-hour animated Disney movie. I I think it would be uh maybe my favorite if they did give it more time. Well, I don't know. Tarzan's pretty great. But uh yeah, tar- uh Lion King's great. Uh we we really like that. Next up we watched uh, The Prestige which every time I watch it, I love it so much more than I did previously. It's an amazing Christopher Nolan film that, um, ah, man, Hugh Jackman's great in it. Christian Bale's great in it. Rebecca, um, I think her name's, no, Rebecca Hall is great in it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it. David Bowie, Michael Caine, if I already didn't say him. Andy Serkis, what a great cast. Um, But the idea that Christopher Nolan made magicians seem interesting <laughs> in a movie. And Victorian England is just like, uh, or not Victorian England. No, no, no. What time period was it? Definitely not that. Uh, why did I say that? Now I seem dumb <laughs> as if my listeners already didn't know that, but definitely check it out. If you haven't, it's such a great film. Next up, I watched maybe my favorite comedy of all time, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, I could just sit here and do quotes all day, but I, I will not because I think I would only find happiness out of that, not my listeners. Next up, Aaron and I watch seasons one through five of Better Call Saul, and it is now my number one favorite show, at least dramatic work of all time. I think it trumps Breaking Bad, at least um, as long as this last season, season six, is stellar. I, I really think it will be. If not, then I think Breaking Bad takes that top spot, which I believe Aaron and I watched immediately after. Oh, yeah, we also watched the Night Museum. I think we talked about that National Treasure um, in, a, in a, 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 po- a podcast we did a while back. Um, let's see. I watched Bong Joon-ho's Memories of Murder, which is a great film. I watched that on Blu-ray on my, uh, uh, I get it on Criterion when it was on sale. Definitely worth it. Ooh, what a great third act. One of the best third act mystery films I've ever seen. Stunning cinematography. Aaron and I watched Adam McKay's The Big Short, which I really, really like. It's a terrifying movie to watch, but it also is hilarious. Great writing. Great performances from Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, uh, Christian Bale. Did I already say Christian Bale? No, I said Steve Carell. Christian Bale, 
and uh and a great supporting cast too and um it's oh Brad Pitt of course it's um not a fun film to watch because it educates you on uh how how uh how money works in this country and really in the world and uh uh it's yeah it's scary it's 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 scary it talks about the uh, 2008 uh crash it's it's a tough one to watch, but Adam McKay does a great job of keeping you interested with humor. Uh, let's see. I'm getting near the end. Let's see. I'm just try- I'm skipping films I really want to talk about. Oh, Enchanted with a- Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey. That's a classic one. Uh, oh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. I think Anthony and I talked a little bit about that. I think it's a solid film. I wish I, I bet it's still in theaters, so I could probably go still see it one more time if I wanted. But honestly, I think the first couple hours of that movie is a slog until the two other Spider-Man rejoin him. But uh, I think it was a solid, possibly, ending to the Tom Holland saga. If not, I'd, I'd love to see more. Uh, then we watched La La Land, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time, top five. I have a podcast, Aaron and I did, way back in the day. It was like one of my first podcast episodes. So go check that out. Uh, and then the last movie... I watched of 2021 was Mystic River, directed by the goat, or one of the goats, uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Clint, if I may. <laughs> uh, starring Tim Robbins, who won Best Supporting Actor. Sean Penn, who won Best Lead Actor. And, um, oh, and Kevin Bacon, and Lawrence Fishburne, and so many more people. Amy Gray something. And someone else, I forget their name, but um, uh, excellently shot. Uh, another kind of tough film to get through because what it what it what the content is, uh, a murder. Uh, Sean Penn's daughter's found dead, and Tim Robbins of the child was molested. So if you can get through that, then you can get through uh, maybe anything. Um. <laughs> What a weird podcast this has been. Just me talking, just rattling off the movies I watched in 2021. At least most of the movies I watched. I skipped some. I skipped some because I was like, ah, this isn't worth talking about. But uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope I hope it filled your drive or you were listening at work and you're supposed to be doing work and I kind of distracted you from that. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, wow. Oh, my throat is shot. Woo! Uh, <laughs> um... I love I love talking about movies, obviously. So I hope you guys uh, get a kick out of that. Uh, I I feel like I'm definitely going to do a lot more interviews coming up soon. I think that's just something I enjoy more than just talking, uh, just by myself. I, I there'll there'll be a couple. Oh, and I also kind of have an experiment I want to post on my YouTube channel. I'm not going to post it on uh, Spotify or anywhere you can just listen. You'll have to go to YouTube to watch it. But it's a uh, video of me talking about uh, books every actor should read. And so I'm going to try maybe one or two of those a month and see how uh, people react to it. But thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you ever want to go support me, uh, go to uh, go to Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, I feel like that's what most people listen on. Or go to Apple or whatever, and there's always going to be a link leading to my anchor where you can click on that, see other ways you can listen to my podcast, and see uh, ways you can support the podcast by throwing some money or sharing the podcast. That's always nice when people do that. 
Uh, let me know what uh, guests I should have on. I'm going to have a, some really great guests coming up, especially Noah Winter and some some actors, filmmakers, musicians. But uh, appreciate you listening. God bless, and have a great week. Where whenever you're listening to this, ka ciao.